Today on Green and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about the good enough job. How much happiness does anybody need anyway? <laughs> Turns out, not a lot. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so happy that you've decided to join us today. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, Kirsten and I are here to talk about women and work because we want all of you, all of our friends and listeners to have ease, meaning, and joy in the work that you do. Now, make note, we did not say happiness. We did not. Just ease, meaning, and joy. That's all. And we're going to talk about ease, meaning, and joy from the land of the Coast Salish people. That's right. Thank you for weaving that in. Mm-hmm. We're going to, okay, we are recording from the land of the Coast Salish. We are recording from the land of the Coast Salish, Salish people. people. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And talking about the good enough job, talking about how happiness and joy and meaning and ease and fulfillment and passion all wrap up into your work or maybe don't. And how we create expectations around that. Yeah. 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 Before we do, though, speaking of expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, what is she going to say next? I know. Isn't that, don't you always <laughs> wonder what I'm going to say next? No, most of the time I'm pretty confident. But sometimes I'm like, hmm. Well, it's really interesting being a consultant. And I was telling Kirsten this before we started recording. And then we just decided to chat about it on the air. Well, then we had to go back because I just said I'd be surprised by what you talked about. And I shouldn't be because you just said it. Well, so we have to start exactly. again. <laughs> Even if we'd planned it, you can still be, you still don't know. You still don't know where I'm going with my, I, most of the time. Probably some of the time. I mostly do, but sometimes, every once in a while, I'm like, mm. but usually you can see that on my face. Yeah. Speaking of expectations, I was talking to a, a woman today who is just beginning as a consultant, mm-hmm. and she called good mentoring. Good yeah, mentoring yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it was something that I several women had done for me when I started consulting. Um, just sort of pick my. They let me pick their brains about this, that, and the other. And she and I were talking about all manner of things, including billing rates. And it's an interesting thing talking about money. This is somebody I don't mm-hmm. really know. And, you know, it always gets around. You know, comes, I love to talk about I know, money. Right? I just love to talk about money. It's, it's an interesting. It always comes around to like, well, we're chatting about money. And anyway, it's, it's just money is one of those things that's so mm-hmm. weird. And we did an episode about money. I have another client who's like all in a, you know, Twitter about um, raises that just money makes things complicated. Or not. I think we are complicated and money is just a symptom of that complication. Yeah, you're good. You're deep. Money is <laughs> Yeah, money's the flashlight shining on you going. Yes. Hey. It is not money is nothing. Money is some paper with some green stuff on it, right? It's a transfer, it's a check, it's whatever. It is really even the pile of gold, it's nothing. What are you gonna do? Eat it? No, sleep on it, no. Um, use it to barter but so I and I think you know this has led me to think about all of my different because it means other things it mean, yeah and, and money just tw- means other things 25 years ago it meant you know my number one financial goal was to write a check back when we used checks for pizza <laughs> without having yeah. to balance my check mine was to mine was to fill my gas tank up to the top oh yes oh yeah so we will have arrived that was enough mm-hmm. that was enough for mm-hmm. me and we get to this it's really interesting watching friends or whatever clients it's kind of the what is good enough what is what, what is, is enough? enough what do you need what feels abundant 
Right. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Changes as we change, but it also changes from your perspective. And it's just one of those things I've just been watching and listening. You know how things like always kind of happen in your life. Yes. In, in big... Something gets something comes in your life and you see it threaded out through so many different places and people. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love those moments. Yeah. And right now I'm just thinking a lot about, about money, money. Mm-hmm. and specifically what what is enough. Mm hmm. What is enough for me? And what is enough for me is not even close to enough for a lot of people. And what is enough for me is way more than others would ever. Anyway, it's just, it's, I just, I'm just tossing it out there because yeah. I like to toss stuff out there. It's interesting. I have a very dear friend who said, I want to be filthy rich. And of course, my response was, oh, I am, fil-, you know, I am filthy rich, right? Because I just look around the world and I'm like, oh, wow, I just feel so fortunate and grateful. And yeah. I, but, it's interesting to figure out what that means for people. Is is filthy rich a Ferrari? Is filthy rich just like how many points you've earned in the game? Right. Because I think for a lot of people, filthy rich is how many points you got in the game. It could be a video game and you just get more points. And that in itself is satisfying to some folks. Yeah. Um, my but you're talking metaphorically, though, not specific. I mean, in that yes, case, you it were saying- it is a metaphor to earning enough. It's just it's just accumulating points. Yeah. It's just, it's on a board game. It's just competition. How many points can I earn? The dollar is exactly like a video game. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. For me, I think the big value around money is freedom and choice, however you want to phrase that. I yeah. think money provides freedom and choice. That's yeah. the thing I think it actually does provide. Yeah. yeah. And then- so for everybody, we have these different views. What is freedom? What is choice? Right. What's right. enough? Right. Yeah. And and are those the things that bring you happiness? And you know, and to bring it to today's episode, is your job the sole source of that right. happiness, or is your job the sole source of your joy, of your satisfaction, of mm-hmm. your ease? Of there your are some common meaning. threads between that money conversation and the conversation we're going to have today about the good enough job. Yeah. And I just want to just. I just want to tell folks, our friends out there, that one of the reasons we really wanted to do this is because I was looking back at the different titles for our episodes, um, and they're high expectations, meaning at work, right? We talk about joy every time we start this show. Yeah. Um, Satisfaction, friends, you know, we go through all these things and have all these expectations around our job. And I still think all that is great and valuable and we should do it. But I wanted to just, as I said to you, I want to just have some perspective on this to say that there is a good enough job, right? It's it's enough. It's fine. You do not have to arrive, have the expectation that you arrive at your job every day, passion-filled and energetic, or even any day. Yeah, yeah. And I love that we're doing this episode for that very reason, too. I think that it's if I could wish anything for our listeners, it's that their jobs don't suck. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that with that baseline, I, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I like to use the word fine. It's yeah. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. But while you're there, having an opportunity to use your skills and talents, to align your job with your values, to feel like you're an effective part of a team and to be paid and make enough money Mm -hmm. so that you are not wanting, Mm -hmm. like you are able to meet your basic needs. Mm -hmm. That to me is ease, meaning and joy. I think that is a very good way to put it. 
because that also allows you, you know, we want ease, meaning, and joy, ideally at your work, but that doesn't mean that you don't get ease, meaning, and joy from a whole bunch of things in your life other than your work yeah. or in addition to your work that then create what is a really great life. Right. And so in preparing for the show, I, uh, in our notes, I started asking some questions like, is it realistic for everyone to pursue their passion? Mm-hmm. Is this notion that your job, you know, once you find your passion or find your calling that you don't ever really work a day in your life, you know, or even is it possible for us to all just like love, absolutely love what we mm-hmm. do every day? And, you know, I think this is kind of philosophically what we want to wrestle with for the next just however many minutes. And, and there is, I think, and we're going to start talking about this when we get into kind of the history of this idea of you have to love your work, your passion, whatever that is. There is, I think it's a French philosopher, and I tried to find who said this before we started, and I was unable to find it. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But there's a quote that is, unhappiness is a moral failure. Mm. And I just want to provide that overlay to what you said, um, because there's this, I think, thought, theory, expectation, idea, I don't know what you call it, but that if you're not happy, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And not just there's something wrong with you. You're you're you said to me when we're when we're when, when I was talking about this quote, but when we're planning, you said, I don't get us. Why is unhappiness like a moral failure? I was like, it's like being a thief. Yeah. It's like something is 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 out of sync with you that is not congruous with society that is ne- whatever negative. And I do think that part of this expectation we have around work comes from that idea. Yeah. That you have that you have to a, be happy. Like the good job, the best job makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And you have to be happy. Yeah. And, and you if you're not happy. happy, there's something wrong with you. You're a moral failure. You're inadequate. Whatever. Yeah. Well, can I ask you, so you love your job. You've loved, you You feel like you would express that you have, you know, you have been working in a job that is your calling and you have been doing mm-hmm. this for a very long mm-hmm. time. Does ev- Does happiness equal, does working in your calling, the job of choice, equal happiness? No. It's so interesting you say that because um, that's a, and I'm, I'm a little surprised by that you asked me that question. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I like to throw you. I, I like, like to throw, throw me a left, curveball every curve once in a while. And it's interesting because I, as I think through this, and sometimes I don't, when I answer these questions this way, and the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm like, what? But I think that as everybody knows who listens, I don't like the stress in my job. That does not make me happy. Yeah. But it's very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. So I think even though I love my job, and it really is my passion in so many respects, and I do find deep meaning, and it is an expression of everything I think I am inside, not everything, 85% of what I am inside. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I speak sometimes in hyperbole, so I gotta be careful there. Yeah. Um, but I'm not always happy for sure. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yep. Yeah. So so it's interesting this whole notion of being fulfilled or having your work be the thing that fulfills mm-hmm. you, that mm-hmm. creates happiness, that defines who you are. I didn't realize this, but historically it was never no work was never supposed right? It was supposed to suck. Yeah, we don't have you know, people back in the olden days, as you like to say. Back in the Roman I mean, the times, real olden days, real olden days. Back in Roman times, in fact, their word for work was literally a not enjoyable activity, which I guess is negotium. Is that how you would pronounce mm-hmm. that? 
Which is so funny that it's the root probably of negotiate. So, you know, back way back when the educated classes considered all paid work just inherently humiliating. Isn't that fascinating? It wasn't, it wasn't a noble thing to work. It was not supposed to bring you anything. It was not enjoyable. It was a not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so how do we go from there? to here this expectation that you know your work is your life your work is your meaning your work is your passion yeah yeah and and you know there's a i guess a fair bit of stuff most recently there's there's a book that's coming out soon called work won't love you back which is kind of an interesting title provocative title by a woman named sarah jaffe she 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 lays down about how this whole love your work mantra is actually a myth of capitalism. It's a tool. It's a tool designed by the people in charge to for to make you think you're happy to, or to tell you you need like it's a, that your job is a great gift. Mm-hmm. Your job should regardless of what it is should make you happy and it should be what you aspire to do is to have this job. That that, that is it. That's the end all be all. It's not the paycheck, it's not so the So it's in order to engage, connect, t- trap handcuff you to your work yeah yeah fascinating and she, uh, she i'm quoting from an article called why loving your work is a capitalist myth she maintains that large corporations specifically conjured this fable of like you you need to love mm-hmm. your job in order to pay workers less and give them fewer benefits the capitalist system she says depends on you believing that deception so it's an interesting thing to to be doing this podcast Telling women time every two mm-hmm. weeks for over two years now. Right. Love your job. Love your job. Well, no, we say find ease. ease meaning enjoy. Fair which enough. Which is different. Mm-hmm. It is different. I agree. But it's an interesting thing to think. Have I just been, have we just been pumping the capitalist drugs? A little have bit. Have we been pushers? Oh, for sure. Well, I would say this. I don't know that we've been pushers. I don't want to say that as much. But I'm not going to say that we've been pushers. And I think it is okay to claim your own ease, meaning, and joy, as long as we recognize in the that it is in the context of what can be these big capitalistic expectations of us. Yeah. So I think what we say is claim your own ease, meaning, and joy. So I'm going to say we haven't been pushing it, but I see how some of those things look aligned. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, thank you. But I, and I agree with you. I kind of came to that same conclusion, like, ah, uh, this is provide. This is an interesting take, mm-hmm. and yet, like you said, we're not saying every, you should love every job. We're saying there's a lot of personal work to identifying what you want, mm-hmm. aligning your work with your values. Mm-hmm. There are ways that you can construct your job, and you can you take work that with. back yourself for your own authentic, meaningful, ease, meaning, and joy. Ease experience with ease meaning and joy correct that's a better way to say it but i don't think we've been pushing this notion that your work should be a panacea is that the right way to say yes that? and I, but that's why i wanted to do the show i wanted to just check in and say hey this might not be a panacea that's okay yeah that's okay that's okay and in and, fact it's not for very yeah. for many 85 percent of workers according to a recent cult poll by gallup are like they they're can, not happy they're not happy in no. their jobs we're not happy right so so you're not somehow a failure if you're not happy mm-hmm. in your work certainly not alone you're, you're certainly not alone and and now the question is should your job be making you know sh- sh- is that mm-hmm. a high enough expectation mm-hmm. is that too high of an expectation to have on your work in the first place and i don't know what do you think well i think that there can be issues and problems when you put those kinds of expectations on yourself right 
or on your workplace, better said. If you put those expectations on your workplace, getting other people to cooperate in your happiness is always a tricky wicket. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. Right? No, no. It's like you have, it's like I find I'm much more successful when I control my happiness as opposed <laughs> to having others, you know, trying to get others to cooperate in what right. is going to make right. me happy. But I do think that, again, I want to come back to this moralization of the of who you should be in the workplace and how much you should love it and how much you should sacrifice for it and how much it should be your passion. Yeah. I think that that actually exists. I, I mean, I think it's a strong vein through our economy and I think it's fundamentally problematic for a lot of people. If everything is in your job, the rest of your life really suffers. Yeah. Yes. Right. I guess, I guess. I mean, yes, and I'm saying from personal experience, I have not, I have yet. You've always had balance. I've had a little more balance than some. Mm -hmm. This last week, though, has been totally out of balance, I will say. So what was that like? It sucked for everyone around me. <laughs> in fact, I, this is the busiest I've been in the last, this month has been the busiest. I think I've said that now three times in a row, but I keep getting, like two, three episodes in a row, but it keeps getting busier. And this morning I had it out. I had it out with my family. Oh, wow. About basic, like, support and chores and saying things like, I don't want to say help me don't or help me or whatever, because it's all of our responsibility here. But it just it's I, not me. It's our family. Yeah. But I seem to be doing, you know, mm -hmm. I, yeah, a, we like know. many women yeah. right, pulling the double shift or second shift or third shift or whatever. But the, what's, what changed was work was I said yes to all these projects because I love my work. Mm -hmm. And I thought saying yes to them was just going to bring me more good so stuff. Fun. So fun. More fun stuff. More in, mm -hmm. And it turns out I'm kind of a bitch when I don't have balance. Preach it. When I put too much pressure on my job and you know to deliver for me the things that mm -hmm. I need in my life. Mm -hmm. I haven't exercised. I haven't gone for a walk. I've been eating shitty food. And... I'm, you know, barking at my family, which are all my those are my same like triggers too. those are my same like, what do you call that? Not a trigger, uh, like a harbinger, a warning, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're um, depletion cues. Ah, that's the word I was oh, looking at. It's a phrase. Yes. Depre there are my depletion cues. Yep. I heard that recently from a lovely woman named Dana. I will credit her. And wow. So too many. So the point of this, I think, is that too many people throw everything at, into their jobs and at the expense of their other life experiences. Mm -hmm. And it kind of turns us into, in my case, ugly, ugly. Turns, turns me ugly, but it also robs me of the things that make me, that bring, do bring me happiness. And that make you, you. That make me And me. I think when you longer term live in that kind of situation, that you become what you do. And then you're in a situation where if you lose your job, mm -hmm. if you retire, if something happens where you have to leave or change or even take a long break, mm -hmm. it's really a question of who you are. Yeah. If you, you really have to, who are you, right? I, I see a lot of folks who put so much in their work that when that work is over, they don't really, there's very little there. Yeah. And and frequently they don't even know how to relate outside of work. Yeah. Um, my husband, Barry, for a long time when I was an executive, he was working part time and doing groundskeeping for a local credit union. And it was perfect. It was perfect because he was home with our kids and he mm -hmm. was dropping them off at school and picking them up after school and then going and doing some part-time landscaping. And I was the breadwinner. And he would accompany me to events and whatnot. And he stopped coming because he said, 
the everybody I ever meet at those. What do you do? They ask me, "What do you do?" Like that is their single mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. And what do I say? I'm a landscape, whatever. You know, he's like, "That's not what I am. I'm a father and a cook and a builder and a creative mm-hmm. and a, you know, snowboarder or whatever." So again, it's just like this interesting. It's interesting when things get out of balance. And I think that's kind of the, the, that's what's hitting me about this episode. And I would even say not out of balance, but just, there's almost a status or a, a, there's almost a state. That's what I'm trying to say. The state of living in a way that does not allow you to be a whole human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when we put less emphasis on our job, I say our job is good enough. It's fine. That allows us to explore other parts of our life and who we are and to get the things that we need from other parts of our life. It's, I mean, I'll be candid. I listened to this great Hidden Brain episode on marriage. And for anybody that is in a relationship, even if you're not married, if you're just in a relationship, it's a great episode because it talks about our expectations. And how did we get these big expectations about marriage is everything. You're my romantic partner. You're my sexual partner. You're my best friend. You're my financial partner. You're my business partner. You're my household chore partner. You're my chauffeur, chauffeur partner. You're my child raising partner. I mean, I could go on. I, I won't because it's annoying. <laughs> I'm going to stop because it even feels annoying to me. But the point is, is that we put all of these, all of these, you know, it's not eggs in a bucket. What is it? Expectations? I don't know. I was lulled we by just, your We just, you were lulled by my, my list. Yeah. We just put all of our eggs in a basket. That's what it is. We put all of our eggs in one basket and that is unreasonable and it is um, fundamentally unhealthy yeah. and dysfunctional. Yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to do is analogize. I am. I'm trying to analogize the job to the marriage. <laughs> One person cannot be a panacea yes. for you. Yes. Find the rest of your panacea in your life outside of your job. Yes. And that's just exactly it. So out, if the if the scales are tipped and you're out of balance and you're putting too much time or too much, sorry, focus on or expectations on your job, it just pivot. pivot. It starts to cascade. And then pivot. If it's you're not getting what you need at work, go get it somewhere else. Yes. And I just want to call out that. Sometimes the things that we love so much, we don't get paid to do. No, my mom is a potter and she creates beautiful pottery and people want to buy it. And she says, no, because as soon as I start to make it a job, it's no longer the thing that is joyful to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true. You know, let's talk about what this good enough job thing is. It's actually a phrase that you can Google good enough job Mm -hmm. and and several articles will come up. It's not it's not a shitty job that you just struggle through and where you suffer. It's not an asshole boss. No, you're you're paid well. It's relatively enjoyable. It's not any of those things that safe workplace conditions and but it leaves you enough so it pays you well enough that you can fund your life it gives you enough ease meaning and you're you have ease and meaning and joy to a degree while you're there you have enough time and energy to pursue your passions and callings outside of work Mm -hmm. so a good enough job is a job right it's not the career that you're it's not the only thing you do you know i think that's exactly right karina it's like whether you are volunteering for the league of women voters whether you're taking care of your kiddos and going to a soccer game all of these things that we can do outside of work that can really give our lives 
meaning and enjoyment and pleasure and happiness, frankly. Yeah, Kirsten. I mean, I think what you're saying is the good enough job is like this recognition that not every calling has to take the form of paid work. That you have your work mm-hmm. and that's your work. Mm-hmm. And then your calling may be completely outside. It may be one of those things that you just described or any number of other things. It's so interesting. I know so many people who use paid work to support what is really their calling, which is unpaid work, or that they use paid work to support work that is never paid. Like you can be an artist and get paid, right? I'm not saying that's unpaid work because a lot of people get paid very good money for that work. But there are some people I've seen, I have a woman who I know who did accounting for a very long time for all kinds of businesses because she found it to be, she was good at it, it wasn't stressful, she would dial it in, do the work. And then she went and lived this other part of her life, which was like super rich and interesting, volunteering and traveling and you know, just doing other things. And it was so fascinating to me, who's been very career oriented, mm-hmm. to see somebody, what I would call life oriented. Mm, yeah. No, is she an artist? You started. No, she's mm-hmm. not an artist, actually. Oh, she's she's not an artist. She's just a very intellectually engaged human. And it was one of those times where I looked at her and was like, wow, you are like I am career focused. I get a lot from my career. And she got just as much, I would say, if not more, probably, by changing the focus of her life to these other things she found enjoyment and finding the good enough job. Yeah. It's interesting. My mantra for the longest time was work to live. Don't Mm -hmm. live to work. Mm -hmm. In fact, I wanted to call this episode that and you kind of gave me the no. It's like, ah. Yeah, it's kind of flat. Nah. But I really love that. I know you love I that love phrase. I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. And so, and um, there was a, a great quote by Vicki Robin, who wrote a book called a Money or Your Money or Your Life, insisting that your calling and your paid employment be one in the same can tip the balance of your focus from mission to money. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of back to our original um, check-in. By giving up the expectation that you'll be paid to do the work you're passionate about, you can do both things with more integrity. Mm-hmm. You can make money. Which I to think cover describes this person. This person. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I'm saying. You can make money. She says you can make money to cover your expenses and you can follow your heart without compromise. Mm-hmm. And that is that is fundamentally, I think, at the core of this good enough job. Yes. Again, you, you can it, follow your heart without compromise. Yeah. Uh, there are some other real benefits of having a good enough mm-hmm. job. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. First of all, you're, it's not your, it does not define who you are as a human. Which gives you a ton of flexibility. A ton of flexibility. You, they're way easier to leave. Yep. I loved my good enough jobs mm-hmm. for that very reason. I, I needed to go, I wanted to go travel and then I came back and got another good enough job. It allows you to change who you, what you change when your interests change or when your focus changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me to change my job right now as a lawyer, it's a ton. If I wanted to like become a doctor, that's a ton of work. Yeah, it was interesting. I listened to a podcast about good enough jobs and they said that getting having a career implies that your singular focus, the thing that you're most passionate about or most um interested in is going to be this is going to stick with you through your whole life yeah and i i think 
I certainly have had times in my life when I've contemplated leaving the law for all sorts of reasons. I've never obviously made that decision. But I think when you have a job that doesn't have the kind of focus and energy, it does allow you to change it more often. Yeah. I'm interested in this. I'm going to go try this. That just seems that does seem, I will say, very appealing to me. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, too. I But again, I'd want to be compensated well. I would want to be able to feel like I was using my talent. I would like to be working with people who align with my values and who I like to be around. Like Mm -hmm. all of the things that we have talked about for the last two years, I stand behind. I would still want all of those things, even if it was a good enough job. Mm -hmm. But I think for the mental shift away from putting all of your eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. and having your work to find and leaving more emotional energy for other things in your life. Yeah. One of the benefits of the good enough job that I found really fascinating was that it allows you to kind of be one step removed, I guess. Oh, yeah. And so you can call out inequities and that the detachment. Yeah, you're slightly detached. Mm -hmm. And so you're like more able to voice or advocate for or voice your opinion or call Mm -hmm. out things when they aren't they aren't right. You're not so embedded. embedded What's that word? Enmeshed. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting perspective. I think it's a very interesting perspective. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. The good enough job is less likely to get you burnt out, to be burnt out, frankly, because you don't have that, like, that, that chronic energy suck, right? Yeah. Because you're putting less energy into it. And less emotions, which is really mm-hmm. at the root of burnout, as we mm-hmm. discussed two weeks previously. Right, our last episode, which yeah. is why it was like the good enough job, less likely to get burnt less out. Less likely to get burnt out if mm-hmm. that's not enough. And so if, I, I guess, I mean, I think we're making a case for this good enough job, but we're, and we're I, talking to women who are currently working. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the you know, vast majority of them are currently working in paid work. So is the is also the advice or the thought to ponder maybe you're in a good enough job. I think that's exactly the point, Karina. We're so focused, I think, as a society on achievement, getting better, having more success, having more money, having more power, having and then at the same time being psychologically developed, spiritually developed, all of those things. And I think there should be a place for hey, this is good enough. This is fine. And I'm going to go get all of my great juju somewhere else in the world. And I know we talk about work all the time. It's what we talk about. And I still, I mean, I am very committed to ease, meaning, and joy. I am very committed to that. We thought long and hard about those three words before we picked them. We use them every time. We talk about it all the time. It is what you and I have dedicated our careers mm-hmm. to in vari- in, a variety. in a variety of ways. Yes, yes. And I am deeply committed to that. But I don't think... That is necessarily exclusive of the good enough job. That's what I'm trying to say in this episode. I completely agree. Okay. Here, here. There we go. We finally arrived at it. We finally arrived at the, the, it out. the tidbit, the end, the, you know, whatever. The denouement. Oh, my yeah. God. You and your fancy words. It's French. We start with the French philosopher. I ended with the French words. <laughs> of, Very thematic, friend. Of, I love that so much. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, ladies, friends, listeners. Yeah, we hope you have the good enough job. We, yes. And a life that's full of ease, meaning, and joy. Yes, absolutely. Some at work, maybe some elsewhere. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, peeps. Bye, friends. Bye. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
on our website or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 